Hello everyone, today is the 8th day of the month of Adar, hope you're having a wonderful day, and we're going to be studying the chapter, uh, the 28th chapter in Tanya, chapter number Chof Ches, and uh, the Tanya for uh, chapter number Chof Ches talks about a continuation um, the, of the chapters that began from chapter number 26. And really was the Alter Rebbe is giving advice and techniques to stay joyful and overcoming sadness and regardless of the circumstances of what's going on in life. So the Alter Rebbe in this chapter basically is discussing you're trying to pray, you're trying to study, and all of a sudden you get foreign thoughts during your prayer. And the Alter Rebbe says here that a foreign thought during prayer is actually a good sign. Um, why? So first of all, he gives advice. General advice is remove your, you know, basically move your attention. Don't don't even worry about it. And just be happy that your prayer is really going well. Um, it's a sign that your prayer is going well. Distracting thoughts. Unbelievable. It's a 180 degree um, change of, of look uh, outlook when you learn this chapter of Tanya. Chapter number 27 taught about that the the, the, the Benini should not be worried about the fact that he has sinful thoughts during work or during uh, just mundane things. Why? Because he should be very happy that when he doesn't think about, indulge in those net sinful thoughts, he's actually fulfilling a mitzvah. Do not go astray after your eyes and your heart. And that also crushes the, the evil inclination. It crushes the sitra achra, the klipot, and causes Hashem a lot of ha- joy and pleasure. But you can't use the same reasoning um, when you're in the middle of praying. Why? If a person's in praying, you shouldn't be happy that he's getting. Why should he be happy that he, you know he's fulfilling that he's not that he's crushing the sitra achra by not listening to those thoughts? Um, in the, in that case, when a person's studying Torah and praying, it's not a cause to rejoice that you're 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 getting thoughts that are in a you know that shouldn't be there. You're, it's being, it's distracting from what he needs to be doing. So how does he deal with the thoughts of uh, distract these these thoughts during the prayer? So the Alter Rebbe explains, even if lustful thoughts, lustful imagings, or other extraneous thoughts occur to him during the service of God, he's praying to God, he's, or in Torah study, um, service of God in Torah, or prayer with kavanah, with intention, she should not pay any attention to them. But he should avert his mind from them immediately. Nor should he, and definitely he should not be foolish as to engage in what's called sublimation of the midot, of the extraneous thought, as it's known. Um, some people, the holy people, tzaddikim, they can overcome extraneous thoughts by going to the source of the thought and elevating the source. Every thought basically comes from a different um, motion, amida, from the animal soul. And you can go to the source and elevate it from its source. Why? Because that idea of elevating the source of the evil thought is only for tzaddikim. Because by them, um, they don't have any evil thoughts that come from themselves, their own evil inclination, because they got rid of it. But their negative thoughts come from other peoples that are maybe next to them. And the tzaddik basically can elevate the negativity of the thought that comes from him, someone else, from someone else's animal soul. 
But the tzaddik himself has no animal soul. And there has no evil left. But the benini, but as for the benini, to whom the evil thought occurs, it's coming from his own animal soul. That's the wedge in his left side of his heart. And how can he raise that negative thought to its spiritual source, which is holy, when he himself is, is bound and is, is filled with these desires and materiality. In other words, if you're a tzaddik and you're outside of the, the, the animal soul, you don't have you don't have to deal with your own evil, you're stealing someone else's. So you, when you're, it's like when you're out of jail, you can get someone else out of jail. But the Baini himself is struggling. He can't go to the source of the negative thought and try to transform it and elevate it. It would be very foolish for the Bainani to try to rid himself of these extraneous thoughts by, by engaging this concept of sublimation of the Midot. But, so what should the Bainani do? Okay, they can't deal that way, so what should he do? Nevertheless, he should not be, he must not be downhearted, or he should, and he should definitely not feel dejected, despicable because of this. Um, because a person ought to be joyous during davening. As we know, it says in Psalm 100, We say it every day after the Baruch Shamar. Serve God with joy. So don't let that get, the fact that these thoughts are coming during prayer should not get the bait any down. And now the Alter Rebbe says that it should make him even happy. On the contrary, the person should draw fresh strength and intensify his determination with all his power to pay with concentration even greater and, glad, and with even greater joy and gladness of the heart. Why? Because he has to realize that when you're in a wrestling match, when you give, one side wrestles the other side down, then the other guy comes back. So when you're praying, what are you doing? You're wrestling with your own animal soul. When we're wrestling with our own animal soul, that puts him down to the count and that makes him send these bad thoughts because you're ruffling the feathers of the animal soul. So actual prayer that causes animal the animal soul to bring send negative thoughts is a sign that you're doing something. It's kind of like when a person opens up a store um obviously not to, not the according to Jewish law which is allowed and we're not encroaching someone else's business but you, you know the person doing well then the other business and people in the, in the other industries in the similar industries are feeling the heat that there's a, this this new guy in town again there's certain halachic ramifications of when you're not allowed to do that encroaching on someone else's business but when the animal soul gets gets perturbed by you, that's you know that you're davening well. On the contrary, as the Rebbe says, in the realization, he should be very very happy in the realization that the foreign thought which occurred to him derives from the klipot, which comes from the left part of the heart. That's where the animal soul is, which wages wars, war with the bainini against the divine soul with him within him. And it's known that in a way of combatants, when there's a wrestling match, right, when one side seeks to destroy. And similarly, when they wrestle with each other, that one side gains the upper hand, the other side also exerts himself with all his resources and all his strength to also prevail over the other side. Therefore, when the godly soul in the battle of davening, okay, exerts itself with its strength in prayer and it weakens and vanquishes the animal soul, so what happens? The klipa of the animal soul gathers, so too gathers its strength to counter it, aiming to confuse and topple the divine soul, and by means of a foreign thought, and by when he does that, by means of sending the foreign thoughts up of its own, so for him to think about it. Because the animal soul senses the danger, right? Um, during Through prayer, the, the, the godly soul's increased efforts of prayer causes a danger to the animal soul. So it tries to remove the concentration of the godly soul. Um, and that's why the extraneous thoughts specifically come during prayer. And it shows that he's actually 
doing good with his prayer. And this is the opposite. This is not like, and it refutes the common error that people make. Common people think, if I'm really praying the way I should, I shouldn't get bad thoughts. That would be correct if you had one soul. And then if you have an intention, a kavanah, and prayer, where are your bad thoughts coming from? But the fact is we have two souls. And now it makes sense that my extra kavanah, prayer, intention, actually evokes the negative thoughts from the other soul. So in other words, it refutes the common error when a foreign, that the people think that when a foreign thought occurs to some people during prayer, they mistakenly think, conclude that their prayer is worthless. For if one prayed properly and correctly, they mistakenly think no foreign thoughts would enter their mind. That would be correct if there would be but one soul within a person. The same soul that prays being also the same one that thinks and ponders the foreign thoughts. Because in that case, if the godly souls were truly immersed in prayers, there'd be no room for the foreign thoughts. But in fact, there are two souls, each waging war against the other in the person's mind. And the mind is, is not only the battlefield here, we're talking about it, but it's also the prize. The object of the battle is who can conquer the mind. The godly soul wants the mind, the animal soul wants the mind. Each of them wishes and desires to rule and pervade the mind exclusively. Um... All thoughts of Torah and fear of God come from the godly soul, while all thoughts of worldly matters derive from the animal soul. So then the question arises, if there's two separate souls, so why should the extraneous thoughts, the negative thoughts of the animal soul interfere with the devotion of the godly soul to pray? The obvious answer is... um, if they had two separate places to, if they were in two separate countries, it would be fine. But the fact is, they're in the same body. In other words, Altareb explains, except that the godly soul is clothed within it, within the animal soul, and therefore the godly soul cannot ignore the foreign thoughts rising from the animal soul, and it does disturb the prayer. Oh, but actually, in other words, he has to deal with it by working harder to concentrate, but more. And the example that Altareb gives. Um, this is to use an example like a person who's praying with devotion while facing him there stands a wicked heathen who chats and speaks to him in order to confuse him right if the uh, if the person if the heathen was there the gentile was there just because he had some questions you can answer him but if he's there just to disturb no answering no no if answer of a question won't help so surely the best advice would in this case would be to neither answer him neither good or evil Rather, just act as if he was death, without without they, they never heard it, and to comply with the the pasuk, the verse that says, "Altan answer not a fool according to his folly, lest you become like him. So, just like in the analogy, the heathen is dis- that disturbs the, the person, the Jew that's praying. So too, the foreign thoughts that enter the mind of, of the Benini while he's praying, he shouldn't answer at anything at all, nor should he engage in argument against the foreign thought. Don't occupy himself with mental discussions on the basis of strategy of how to counter it, sublime it, and all these things. Why? Because he who wrestles with a filthy person is bound to become soiled himself. So when you, if a person's fighting the foreign thought, the process itself that the, the mind becomes filled and tainted by it, the foreign thought. Therefore, he shouldn't even grapple with it. Nish griplin zich. That's the way he said in Yiddish. Rakyasa, instead he should pretend not to know nor hear the foreign thoughts that occurred to him. And he should dismiss them from his mind. 
what should he do? And strengthen. At the same time, he should strengthen even more his kavana, his power of concentration. Now, let's say that doesn't work. Can't ignore it, and he can't strengthen his concentration. Then ask God for help. If, however, he finds it difficult to dismiss them because they distract these foreign thoughts, distract his mind with great intensity, then he should humble his soul before God and supplicate him in his thought to have compassion upon him in his abundant mercies. Like a father who takes pity on his children who stem from his brain. As we know that the, the ultimately the source of the child comes from the drop of semen which emanates from the, is stimulated by the brain. Comes from the brain of the, of the father. So too with the analogy of the Jewish people from God's wisdom. So God should have compassion on his children, the Jewish people. And, should, and so should God have compassion on his soul which derives from the mind of God, as explained at length in chapter number two, to rescue it from the turbulent waters, in other words, the thoughts that disturb the soul, and this he should do for his own sake, since truly his people are, is a part of God. In other words, if it, if a person, God shouldn't need to judge whether the person's worthy of God's compassion. Al-Tareb advises the person to ask for God's mercy for God's sake, because the soul the godly soul is part of God. So in aiding the soul, God is actually helping himself, so to speak. And therefore, the question whether he deserves it or not is irrelevant. So the bottom line is that the toolbox here is that we're bringing out, breaking out here is that during prayer, you get negative thoughts. You're doing great. You're praying great. Don't get sad. Ignore it. Focus even stronger on your kavanah. That means you're really ruffling the feathers of the animal soul and you're praying wonderful and continue with joy especially in the month of Adar, we're told to increase in joy all year long. We, we're supposed to be joyous when we serve God, and serving God is 24-7. How much more so in the month of Adar, we serve God with joy, and through the joy, we should bring the greatest joy, the coming of Mashiach, as it says in Psalms, then our mouths will be filled with joy. speedily now, Amen.